0: Do you have a friend who's fearless, confident, and totally knows their self-worth? Do you ever wonder what goes on inside their head and how they got to be the way they are? If so, stay tuned for today's episode. I'm interviewing one of my very dearest friends, Jody Lee, and we're talking about all of those things plus her mantra for living her best life. This episode was so much fun. We had so many giggles. I can't wait for you to learn all the things. Hi, welcome to lessons on happiness. I'm your host Val Malnar. And I'm here to talk to you about finding happiness through healing personal growth and mindset practice. My hope is that by sharing my story and the methods I've used to become a happier person, I can help you on your journey to do the same. Thanks so much for tuning in. And I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, beautiful people. I'm so excited today because one of my very favorite people in the whole wide world is here to talk to us. Her name is Jodi Lee. Uh, We've known each other for, oh my gosh, Jodi, how long? I
1: wanna say 30 years, but how old were we?
0: Probably 25 years, a solid 25. Solid 25, for Mm -hmm. sure. We've known each other a really, really long time. And Jodi is a person who, to me, has always been so vibrant and full of life and she's always seemed like she's had so much confidence and lives in her self-worth. And I just wanted to get inside of her head a little bit today so we can understand how she built that self-confidence and self-worth. So without further ado, Jody, welcome to the
1: podcast. Thank You're- you, Val. That was a very nice introduction. <laughs> very kind. Oh. I'm not sure I see those same qualities like you do, but we all see. You know, we all see different things in each other, and I always tell you how much I see in you. So it's very nice of you to say that, but I can just sit here for the next hour and tell you all the amazing things I feel like you are. Amazing. Oh, incredible well, you are!
0: thanks, but we're here for you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Anyways, um, no, I, I know you know how much I love you, I and, do. I, and I know how much you love me, and that's why we're here together okay. today. You're my very first podcast um, guest, which I'm so excited about. And I'm honored that you agreed to do this with me. So for the listeners, can you tell them a little bit about your background, who you are, what you do, that kind of thing?
1: Sure. Um, I'm not from too far from here. I'm from KW, born and raised. Um, I'm a business owner now. I own a business that is online corporate gifting um, with my business partner. Um, We started that during COVID. I am a wife. I am a mother of an eight-year-old son. I am a daughter, and all the things. Um, I don't know really what to say. (laughs) Yes, perfect. That's perfect. Um, So,
0: the first question I wanted to ask you is, like I said when when I first introduced you, like you've always stood out to me as someone who was really vibrant, full of life, had unwavering confidence is how I would describe it even if you yourself did not feel that that's how it seemed to me and I just wondered knowing you for so long I know that there's so many incidences where you took on a challenge that I would not have taken on that I would have found very intimidating as an example um Hacienda Saria and am I saying that right yeah close Saria okay So for the people who don't know who, what that is, could you just give them
1: a sure. little bit of a, yeah, it was a beautiful, what well, still is the building exists. It's in Kitchener. Um, it was built, um, over a hundred years ago for, as a steel factory, but somebody had the foresight and the vision to spend some money into it. And they changed it into like a really high end, beautiful wedding venue. And I was hired in the beginning of that process to help build the business.
0: Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's
1: a beautiful, beautiful venue, but it's no longer, right? It's no longer. COVID was the first, it really hit those event spaces first and, and Hacienda went down real quick. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is heartbreaking. Really sad. Um, and the building has uh, just actually been bought recently, you know, by somebody else. But uh, yeah, beautiful spot and what an incredible opportunity too, because it was like a little piece of Europe in Kitchener. Mm-hmm. And I felt really happy and proud to work there. Yeah. 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 So what I'm thinking about, I mean, I loved the
0: venue, I thought it was stunning. I was lucky enough to go to a couple of events there, including your wedding. Um, But what I'm thinking about is back when you first were trying to get the job there. Mm -hmm. And I remember you said that you knew you were going to work there. Mm -hmm. And just tell that story
1: a little bit, Mm because I think it's really key. I don't have very many stories like that in life, but that one sticks out in mind. So I actually had been working away abroad for about 12 years. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit, but I worked on privately owned super yachts. So that was an experience in itself. But when I knew that I was going to come home, I knew that I'd come home to Kitchener-Waterloo because that's where my family was and I wanted to spend time with my family. And I happened to go to a bed at Hacienda and it still was not a wedding space. It was just been converted into actually a home, um, dirt floors, but beautiful. I mean, it was stunning. And I know that in the time, at that time, it was by April. And I thought in September, I'll move home. When I was done the refit, I was working on a boat in a refit. And I thought, okay, when I'm done that project, I'll move home. And I'll either start school, go do something at school, or I will go on the Santiago de Compostela pilgrimage in Spain. Just as a little walk, clear my head, and then I can figure out what I want to do. And the time kind of started passing. And by the time September was getting close, I was like, well, I've been traveling a long time. I don't know if I want to walk this pilgrimage. It's maybe not the best time I need to get home. So I went home and I was invited to this party and on the patio, it was at Hacienda. And on the patio, I looked down outside and I was standing at a painted drawing or painting of the pilgrimage. Uh, the start mm-hmm. of the pilgrimage. My feet were on the start of the pilgrimage and that pilgrimage was oh drawn God, all the way around this pond outside. Oh my gosh. And goodness. I thought, oh my God, like today was the day I was supposed to be in Spain starting this pilgrimage. Had I done that, or I was going to choose to come home to to go to school. I happened to be at this party And I knew at that moment I was gonna work in that building. I knew I had a connection to that building. It was like Europe, I was comfortable with it and the pilgrimage I was standing on it. So I was like, this is my journey here. And so I worked, I begged for that job. I volunteered for free. I did like um, probably six months of, I don't know, volunteer work. And then they started paying me and I ended up managing the building and and the people and the weddings and yeah. yeah, it was amazing. And I remember you telling me that you, uh, what was her name? What was the owner's
0: name? Oh, uh, Nadine. Nadine. Yeah, I, I remember you telling me that you told her mm-hmm. that you will work for that,
1: her. Yeah, actually it was her dad and her dad was oh, the was owner her of the building. Okay. And I met him that night at the party because he was allowing somebody to use his home at that yeah. point in time for the party. And I said to him, I am going, I don't know how, but somehow I'm going to be here in my future. This is my building. I'm going to work here or do something. He's like, well, you know what? There's plans for this to be a business. So here's my daughter's name and number and you should call her. So and I cool. did that. Yeah, I went to school for event planning. So I went to Conestoga College, I started then. And I did my, my I don't know what you call it, like a placement mm-hmm. at the Hacienda. Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually didn't get the job the first time I went in for the interview. They turned me down. And I was like, no, you can't turn me down. This is this is my only option. Like this is, the, I see this clearly. Like yeah. it's a hard, like it's a hard no that you're going to say no to me. Yeah. So I went back and I knocked on the door and I was like, I had an interview and it just didn't go well. And I think I need to talk to you. I'm willing to work for free. I have the experience. I'm telling you, I could be valuable for your, you know, for this company or, you know, I know that I can learn. And, and she was like, okay, I gotcha. You can come in that's amazing it was good
0: yeah so what so that right there so if I was in that situation I don't think maybe now like I'm pushing the limits a little bit more these days but but um, but I can't say for sure that I would but so what made you so confident that you knew you could do the job and that you could do it well
1: and that you belonged there well, I think I had the, it was clear to me then, like it was clear to me when I was in that building. I don't know. I had the feeling it was, it was just me. I just felt like that was me. It represented me. I knew that it was fresh and I had lots of ideas. And don't forget, I was coming off a job that I've been doing for a long time. And we focused really, really strongly in high end customer service. Mm-hmm. And this was this beautiful building. And I knew the kind of clientele that they were going to. Bring in there they were they were trying to attract and i was like no i can do this I'm, I'm kind of i just felt like i belonged there but you know i think it's a little bit of everything right like timing mm-hmm. like I wasn't a mother. I wasn't a wife. I wasn't, you know, I was just, I was free. I was alone. I was feeling very high. I had traveled the world on my own. I felt great. I can do anything. Nobody could tell me I couldn't do anything at that point in time. Yeah. You know, but have I been shaken since then? For sure. And do I need to dig deeper? For sure. Now it's not as, as fluid or uh, it doesn't come as, as easily. But um, I think at that point in time, I just felt like I didn't have anything to lose. Right. Yeah.
0: You said something there that kind of struck me what, um, you know, you, you said that you kind of just knew that it was the place you were supposed to be. So would you, do you mean like it was an
1: intuition sort of, so to speak, like you just had like a feeling like Mm -hmm. that I had a feeling, I used to have a lot of strong feelings. Like, I don't know, uh, they happen from time to time now, but yeah. I used to, th- I think I was just focused on myself. Yeah. So when you're just a hundred percent able to focus on yourself other than my job, I mean, you know, I was living away from my family, so that wasn't an everyday focus. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was just kind of like, I was pretty in tune with what I wanted and how I was going to get things and what I wasn't also interested in. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think, yeah, that was clear to me. Yeah. That's so cool. hmm
0: that was such a powerful example of what I wanted to talk about so thank you for sharing all of that but and this is going to seem maybe a little less impactful but I want to I want to talk about it anyways because um, I think it shows up for people a lot so uh, you know as long as I've known you I've always known you as a person who buys what they want you don't cheap out on anything and so I'm just curious about that like has there ever been a time where say you saw something that you wanted very badly, but you didn't have the funds for it? And if so, did you buy it? And if you did,
1: what was your rationale for doing so? Okay. That's a loaded question. I love it. I do. I do buy what I want typically because I love, you love what you love. And I just think, I mean, life is long, but it's also short. Yeah. You know, we work hard. And I think also too, you know, going back to my yachting career, I was on a great income then and I was on my own. Mm -hmm. So I had the luxury of being able to spend and Mm -hmm. I didn't really think about what I was spending money on from, for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. So when I moved back home, I still had that same mentality and I had saved some money and I was working. And so it kind of just kept working for me like that. But since I've had a family you know, obviously things change a little bit, but I yeah, I still do I still do like what I like. But I would say that I don't go into debt for anything that I like. Okay. But I would certainly I mean if we okay, like everybody has a different threshold for debt. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't go in the red for something. Right. But if it's my last let's just say for instance there was eighty thousand dollars in the bank and something I really loved, you know, like a new kitchen cost sixty-five. I would be like, well, yeah, I'd still get like fifteen in the bank after that, you yeah. know. Like to me, the fifteen is still great, yeah. You know, and a new kitchen that's going to be amazing, and I'm going to feel fantastic in. Right. So the threshold, I think, is what we're talking about there, like what people are comfortable with, right? Right. And I am willing to 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 sort of play with that because I know you know my husband and I work hard, and you know hopefully we can just keep making the money back. And right. I don't really. I kind of find experiences and being around nice things that you love, really valuable. And it's not really like the materialistic part of it. It's just, I mean, we spend more money on travel in our family, to be honest. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that, Yeah. Um, but I never come back from a trip and go, well, that wasn't worth it. Yeah. That memory sucked. Yeah, <laughs> Like for sure. You know, I mean, granted, like I do want a new kitchen now and I'm not justifying the money right now. So there are times where I'll wait. So you'll be patient. Yeah, I'll be patient. You'd like, rather I'd- be
0: patient and wait for to get exactly what you want
1: 100% then you know I've had like four designs of my kitchen done yeah you know we've got gotten close and I'm like "Mm, not quite sure yeah not quite ready don't quite know and it's you know also too it costs a lot of money so we have to make sure we have all that money and we're comfortable and confident with what we're gonna do right but yeah I'm definitely willing to wait yeah but if I don't have to then I won't
0: so That all makes perfect sense to me. But what about a case where like, um, okay, let's bring up a funny example with me. So when I first started my interior design business, um, Orange Tree Interiors, you were a client of mine, one of my first clients. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. And um, I actually lost my job before starting that business and I didn't have money at the time. So I had bought this... Canvas cheesy bag off Vista Print. <laughs> yeah, you remember? I do. And and that and had the my logo printed onto it. And then we went to um, Sofa, which is uh, now called the Ontario, or no, sorry, the Toronto International Design Center. And we went there to look at furniture and stuff. And I had this like cheesy canvas bag. You were my bossy. <laughs> And and you were you were kind enough to point out that I needed a nicer bag. Right. (laughs) So for me, I'm like, well, I just don't have the money for the bag. Right. So that I would buy a nicer bag if I had a nicer bag. But even the nicer bag that I would buy would not be as nice as the bag you would buy so I'm just curious and I don't think you're a materialistic person so I'm just curious like all your listeners do no (laughs) no no, they don't I'm I'm just curious like because for me I I'm like oh well I don't know if it's my own self-worth or like I'm not worth spending the money on the bag or or the bag is not worth the money Or whatever but I just feel like if you were starting out and you had no money and you were taking a client somewhere you would need a nice bag right and you would spend the money on the bag so so I just I just want to understand yes like What would you go into that because because
1: the thing is like when I have a nice pair of shoes a nice pair And I'm not talking thousands of dollars. I'm just talking like let's say a $200 The canvas
0: bag was like $40. Let's
1: you talk about like a nice pair of you know (laughs) Leather boots because I like leather combat boots right Mm -hmm. like that's my jam. So if there's that option versus Let's say an option that's $60. That's like maybe um, man-made material You know listen i have for many years worn them in and that's fine and if i have to go back to that great but if i can afford the leather pair i'm going to get them because i'm going to feel better in them i just will they'll fit better they'll look better and i'll feel a little bit more confident in those boots okay and it's worth it yeah you know those little things are worth it if that can build you up a little bit and you know it's not going to fix everything but if I can look down and go, God, I love these boots yeah. every time, which I do for years for one yeah. pair of boots, like I can keep a pair of boots for five years. Yeah. And literally, like my car, I love my car. Too much money, but every single day I get in that car for three years, coming on three years, I go, God, I love this car. Yeah. And I tell my husband, probably one time a week, I mean, it must be so annoying, I'm like, that car. I love this car. I'm so glad. And he's like, I'm so glad you like it, baby. I was like, no, I can't explain to you how much I love this car. Yeah. Like I feel safe in it. I love the feeling of it. I love the smell, the color. I love the way it feels when I'm driving it. Yeah. And was it more money that I needed to spend in a car? Absolutely. But do every time I'm in there, am I like so amazed by this vehicle? Yeah, I am. And I love it. Yeah, And it was so worth it to have that, I think, because there's so many things in life where we walk around and we're like, yeah, okay, okay, okay. It's, okay, it's fine, it's good enough, it's okay, Yeah, you know, that's okay, but if you can once in a while just, like, you know, treat yourself and it makes you feel good and it can lift you up, like, why not? You know? Yeah, You know, totally. why not? It's funny that you say that because, um, well, there's two
0: things, actually, that you said there that I think are really important one is the gratitude that you have for that vehicle oh so just like appreciating it so much um i just think that that gives you well and you said it gives you such a great feeling right and then the other thing is um you know i I, i've been doing a lot of personal self-discovery recently and taking up coaching program and my coach actually says if you want to be extraordinary then you have to do extraordinary things right and if you want to feel like a millionaire then you have to act like a millionaire right mm-hmm. and you know put it put whatever word in there but you're just saying like you feel amazing mm-hmm. when you're in there Absolutely. so it's totally worth it right like you're just embodying exactly how you want to feel exactly so uh, yeah so it's really interesting that yeah. you're just doing that naturally Without any effort, right? Yeah, yeah. Without it, without any forethought. I never even thought about it yeah. until we
1: talk about it. Right yeah, now. it's
0: amazing. Yeah, and it's funny that you use the example of boots because boots is what I put on my really yeah,
1: <laughs> I I I like my- Yeah, because I yeah. know you love your boots. I do. Well, they're on your feet every day. They hold you up. It's your foundation. Like, yeah. you look down at your feet and go damn these are wicked boots yeah you know and also you wear them every day every day like I'm not talking about getting new boots every month like we're talking you know I've had pair. like like I said for years like yeah but I shine them I like them I'm proud of them and it feels good and if I wear cheap boots I feel cheap yeah you know if I have a cheap purse I feel a bit cheap I know it yeah. you know and it doesn't really I'm afraid to bring my purse nah. up tonight <laughs>
0: Afterward and just ignore my purse. <laughs> oh, my I can put my my, my cards in my back pocket.
1: That'll work. Oh my gosh. Okay, so then that... No judgment. <laughs> oh my gosh. As long as it's just not that other purse. <laughs> no,
0: it's not. It's
1: okay. it's it's marginally better.
0: <laughs> it's like I think it's fake leather though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sure it for the is. animals yeah, yeah. oh well, that's good thanks for You're that welcome. perspective okay so um, so let's talk about something that was a little bit uh, intimidating for you but you went ahead with it so recently you were invited to do some consulting for the Marines yes uh, for laundry and housekeeping yes um, so talk to us a little bit about Uh, the nerves going into that um, and how you were able to sort of overcome them and just go and and have the
1: experience and do the job and the reason why you know that I was so nervous is because the day before I had to do it when I was in Washington DC I was having a meltdown in my hotel room and I got a hold of you out of all the people there is to get a hold of I knew for some reason I know well I know you well enough that I reaching out to you was my answer. And it really was. So if had it not been for you answering the questions the way you did or talking to me and giving me encouragement the way you did, I don't think I could have done it. I literally said to my husband, I think I'm gonna pack my bags and leave. I'm not qualified to be here. I don't know why they've asked me. This is crazy. He's like, what are you talking about? What are you, I was like, I don't know. It's just like, this is all wrong. Anyway, yeah, you really pulled me out of that um, dark hole because mm-hmm, I was so really in a downward spiral. I was really full of self self. self it's hard to say. Yeah. Self-doubt. Self doubt. <laughs> um, yeah, it should be hard to say. We shouldn't say it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and I don't know where that came from. I think it's, I haven't actually taught those components for a long time. I used to teach them routinely. Mm-hmm. And because of when I started my own business, I wasn't doing that as often. So it's kind of going back into something that I know really well, but I hadn't sort of done in recently. Um, plus, it was to the Marines, like twenty-three active Marines. Like that is intimidating. I was teaching them how to make a bed. Like, can you imagine? Like in boot camp, they do hospital corners. Like these guys know what they're doing. Yeah, like women and men. Um, but that was terrifying for me. And I don't think I've had nerves like that for as long as I can remember. Like that nervous. Yeah, that was crippling. Yeah. And I was, I don't know what happened where I just was spiraling out of, it was out of control, but I spoke to, well, you and I were back and forth, thank goodness, a few times, uh, Dan helped me and I was like, okay, I just need to deal with this, have a good night's sleep and just deal with it. And actually in the morning when I woke up, I felt much better. It was like, I kind of had to get it all out the night yeah. before. And then as soon as I got in front of the class and was speaking with them, I was like, okay, this is my jam. I know what I'm doing here. This is my, I know what I'm doing. I know why I'm here, but it just, this, it was just doubting myself beforehand Yeah, that got me down that, you know, dark hole. So you got all
0: spirally. Mm-hmm. You had your chit chats with Dan and myself and mm-hmm. whoever else you were, you went to bed, still had a little bit of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the morning you, you felt better before you went
1: well i went in i actually did um what helped as well as i did i was i watched one class i was there a day and a half early so i actually watched one class happen uh, with another instructor so i was kind of just in the background seeing Mm -hmm. like i was in the environment i wanted to be in the room and i wanted to see what they were sitting what their faces looked like and Mm -hmm. i didn't want all that surprise because i was teaching for five days straight when i was going into it and there were like nine ten hour days and i was like this is a lot when you haven't seen the environment you know the people or anything um, so that helped because I got to watch somebody else sort of interact. Um, and then when I went in there, obviously it wasn't the first time I'd stepped foot in the classroom environment then for them. So that helped me. I think that's a big thing. Like if you can't picture an environment for me, yeah. That was like, I don't know what's happening. Um and then I just realized like I do every time that I do some consulting or teaching or whatever, that these are just people and they're just there to learn and they're just like you and I, and they don't want to see you fail yeah and I don't want to fail and I don't want to fail them and then you're like okay I know this I know what I'm doing right I do it sure. and it was really successful they've asked us back in March so I'm really happy about that and proud but yeah those nerves that shocked me yeah it shocked me I've I've never been that nervous about anything ever
0: yeah that's incredible that you were able to sort of overcome that in
1: the moment well I don't think I had a choice like what was I like really like you could have walked away well I was so close to walking away like I can't (laughs) tell you how serious I was like I was like okay a flight I can get a flight out of here (laughs) just tell them I'm sick like I was coming up with all kinds of crazy yeah and I'm like what is happening like just pull your big girl boots up those leather boots yeah and make it happen like you can't do this Yeah. You know, it's like a bit of a chat. And I think honestly, when I think back to like being young, I think, you know, my mom was always like, just do the things, wear the makeup, wear the outfits, date the boys and travel where you want to go. Like do all the things, work the jobs, do it all. Mm -hmm. She never said no to anything about anything. Oh wow. Like very, very much like, I don't know. She encouraged me to just do it all and take the risks. And so I grew up doing things that I didn't even think about a ri- like I didn't even I started to not think, oh, that's a risk. I didn't see why something was scary anymore. Like just mm-hmm. there wasn't something to lose for me. I was like, oh, it's just another experience, right? right. And that's kind of how I treated life, another experience, another experience. It's just and that encouragement really helped me. You know, that sort of she kind of created like this fearless, like I was fearless for a long mm-hmm. time. And I think, you know, like I said to you earlier on. You know, since becoming a mom and since, you know, being married and through the pandemic and everything, my nerves got a little shocked, you know, like, yeah. I'm just not the same confident, like as confident as I used to be. But I know it's there because yeah. when I doubted myself and I pulled myself together on that Monday morning, I was me again. Yeah, it just I had to get through those cobwebs, you know, right? Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Okay,
0: so the next question I wanted to ask you was. <clears throat> Have you always
1: been a confident person? See, it's so funny because you say I'm a confident person, but... But you don't uh, feel confident? No, well, it's not more than like I look at you and I'm like, look at what you accomplish. Like you do so much. You're amazing, you know, I just... Um, That's funny. I guess it's all perception, right? It is,
0: of course. So you would
1: not consider
0: yourself a confident person?
1: I mean, I know that... What about a scale? Okay, I gave you okay. Scale. I know that people around me would. I know that like if yourself or my friends or my husband would say, yeah, confident, you know, like when I'm, when I show in an area, like if I'm nervous or I'm not confident, like you even said, I'm surprised. And Dan was, Dan, my husband will say, what, what do you mean? What do you mean you're not like, this isn't you, you know? So I know that people around me, I think generally think I'm pretty confident mm-hmm. and I probably am, I guess, mm-hmm. but... I mean, I see and remember the times that I'm not, or I, I hear the self-doubt. <laughs> self <laughs> yeah. I hear that in my own head, right? Yeah. I may not voice it or I may get over it in my own little way, but I hear that in my own head, you know?
0: But you just choose to forge forward anyway.
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah. Because I know the experience is always best, right? Yeah. Like you can't be trying something. Yeah. You can't beat experience. Like you don't, you get nothing from saying no or not trying. You get nothing, and I know that we know that as adults, so true. right? So it's always worth it to me.
0: I saw this. Um, I, I attended a confidence workshop like not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago actually, and there was a an athlete there. Uh, oh my gosh, what was his name? Anthony Trucks. Okay, and he was talking about how confidence is on the other side of fear, right? So you know you don't become confident and then
1: do a thing. Can I tell you? You Do the thing to get confident. Okay, I need to tell you something right now. When I moved to Banff, yeah, with Brandy, when we were twenty, we knew you. Yeah, I was nineteen or twenty. I said, "Oh, I'm moving to Banff. I yeah. move across." You gave me a card. You gave Brandy and I a card, a postcard. You wrote on the back, and what it said on the front is "Courage is a Freedom is a system based on courage." Mm. Freedom is a system based on courage. That's what the postcard said to me of this guy climbing this mountain. You wrote on the back, great. So happy you girls are doing this. Have the time of your lives, blah, blah, blah. But I kept that. I still have it at home. It's in a drawer somewhere. But freedom is a system based on courage. And it's so true. And it doesn't mean freedom traveling. It can be freedom in any sense of, you know, your mental freedom, your physical freedom, whatever freedom it is. But you have to have some type of courage. And it doesn't mean confidence. You know, like yeah. that, that could come later, right?
0: Yeah, but you get confident from having courage. That's I feel what like. I mean. You
1: get it, yeah. Eventually, yeah. Right? As
0: soon as you have the courage to do the thing, mm-hmm. then builds, on the other side is the confidence. It you're like, confidence. I did that thing. It builds you confidence. Know? The it more totally you does. do,
1: the more confident you become. I think yeah. that's. I mean, that seems like a natural progression to me yeah the littler you do you know you live in your little world without trying things and do you well i mean that's crippling to me that's crippling yeah and suffocating you yeah 100 percent. yeah
0: yeah okay so i was gonna ask you what you attribute your confidence to but i feel like you've sort of answered that but if there's anything that you want to add to the fact that you know you've always just really embraced experiences like just mm-hmm. trying the things you know oh, <laughs> water skiing yeah. comes to mind
1: <laughs> and water animal. oh when i got oh, my God. water animal, that's not for this one that's another story yeah my oh black eyes yeah yeah but yeah this is the thing this is the thing about confidence we can tell that story but this is the thing is that if we don't do something it's usually a fear of failure right yes. yeah or judgment yeah And I don't give a shit what other people think about me anymore. And I don't know if I ever really did. You know, there's maybe a minuscule part of me that's, you know, obviously, I don't want people to think I'm a, a bad person or a mean person or like I want them to like me, you know, like anybody else. But people's opinion of me doesn't change my course. Right. Right. So. I've always just kind of done what I've done because it's me and it's my life and I'm going to do what I want to do. Just like everybody should be doing for themselves. Right. You know, I don't want to judge other people for what they're doing. I hope I don't. I hope that I support people with, and I really don't care also what other people are doing that often. Yeah. You know, I'm happy for my friends. I'm interested in their, you know, all of their stuff, but it doesn't, I don't feel to be honest, I don't feel jealousy about people's lives. And mm-hmm. I don't feel like I also need to get too involved w- with other people right. are doing. Like I'm, ha- if you're happy, that's all that really matters. Yeah. You know, so I go about that treating myself the same way, you know, like I'll do what makes me happy. You know, yeah. what makes my family happy. What makes, you know, what works for us, you know? And I think that's, it's pretty simple, you know, cause you pr- usually know what you want to do yeah. and what's going to make you happy. Right. You, n- you usually know what you want to try yeah you know but if we worry about what people are thinking about us all the time or how people will react and it's a disaster so is there ever a a time where you can think of where you're
0: really kind of wavering should i do this should i not do this or do you feel like you always are pretty in tune with what you do and don't want to do
1: i know what i don't want to do yeah you know i know generally what i don't want to do right away yeah you know um what I do want to do sometimes there's a scale, you know, yeah. but yeah, it's usually pretty clear to me. Yeah. You
0: know, it's pretty clear. Okay. This, I, this is a question that wasn't on my list, but I'm just thinking of it now. Let's say there was something you did really want to do. Like let's say somebody came to you with an opportunity and um, you know, uh, I'll just make something fictional up. I said, we would like you to come to San Francisco to do a talk on whatever, Mm -hmm. but we can't afford to pay you, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you'll have to pay for your own travel and accommodations, but you'd be exposed to a pretty good audience.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Not an amazing audience, but a good audience, and your life was super busy at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But you felt like, I think I want to do it. You know, there was like a feeling in you that you wanted to do it. Mm would you just do it without being paid or would you
1: find a way to get paid for that yeah well i'm struggling with the audience part because i don't know what kind of audience would matter to me oh right because you don't care about well i don't like i'm like well what audience why would i care about this but if i'm having a like you mean if i have like a maybe it's more marines or maybe it's if there's a following or there's a it will lead to more more business or or something yes probably not do it if i'm not getting paid yeah. I don't know. San Francisco, I'm taking time away from my family. I would, yes. See, part of me goes, yeah, San Francisco, trip, for sure. I yeah. would do that. But then the other part of me thinks, well, if you know, if you want me there, pay me. Yeah. Like, so would, would you give them that option? Yeah. I would say, listen, I really want to do this. This is a great opportunity uh, for you and I. Yeah. <laughs> so, so how do we meet in the middle? Yeah. Sure, at least pay for my flights. I mean, I don't think I need to walk out with thousands, but I think, right. you know, paying for my flight and my time is, you know, that's fair. Yeah, right? and, you, and
0: you'd have no qualms about asking for it.
1: No. I mean, I might think, oh, that's a bit nervy, but I would do it Yeah, before I would just book a flight and, and go deep in my own pockets right, or somebody else's. And, you know, we have that at work, right? We often, because we work with a lot of companies and individuals, we often have people wanting a lot of things for free mm-hmm. or honestly at cost or whatever. And I'm just like, well, that's like that doesn't feed our families so I you know I'd love to I'd love to do that I would love to have a business where I can give everybody something at cost but that's just not reasonable yeah so you get better at asking or or just speaking up for yourselves or I don't know adjusting your prices or whatever right yeah and if they said no would you say no yeah I think I mean well okay let's say okay happened to San Francisco before and I liked it but I'm not earning yearning to go back there again yeah. so I'm just thinking about I really getting into your example but I think I would yeah I think if you want me for something that's going to benefit you as well, then it should be a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Yeah. See, I love that. Right. Right. Do you think so? I mean, I,
0: I, I, if, I if somebody else said it gave me that scenario, I would say to them, absolutely, you should be paid. And if, if I was in that scenario, I'd be like, oh, it's such a great opportunity. I'll probably just go.
1: <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Okay. <laughs> but at least you can see that, you know, that's really out of whack. Right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm really you're trying. Worth, you're worth a lot. I mean, you've spent a lot of time researching and doing all the things you do like thoroughly, like your hardest working person I've ever met in my whole life. So, I mean, you should really be putting huge value into that. You're an asset. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just.
0: You know, I don't know. Thank you for saying that. I just, I don't know. Uh, Sometimes, well, I know I work hard, Mm -hmm. but sometimes I feel like I could be working a little smarter. Well, everybody can
1: work a little (laughs) smarter. The thing is, too, is that often I will have a struggle with. um, I like to give things away for free quite often, right? Like I have a business partner who, oh, you're welcome. But, you know, who um, keeps us accountable. But oftentimes I want to just have a, um, I want to have a business where I'm just giving away things for free because I feel so good. Yeah. Like to me, it's the best thing in the world is to give yeah. people things and then be like, Yeah, just take <laughs> like, it. you get a car. you and get, you a, get car, a car. I mean, you know, you get a pen, you get a pen. That's where I'm at. <laughs> it feels so good and my business partner's like but the pen costs seven dollars yeah but i mean so there's always that there's always that sort of i i have to um juggle that a little bit i guess because i we do have a business where we need to make money but you know but my heart tells me you know what we can add a little bit more we can do a little bit of this a little bit of that yeah and we can do that and we do do that often you know we'll often say okay let's just add something else or something but it's a fine balance you know right you yeah.
0: gotta know yeah for sure yeah. oh my gosh okay I want to ask you about uh, when you make a mistake
1: yeah do, do you you make I those? do those a lot <laughs> that's not my role
0: so when, when you make a mistake yeah. uh how do you handle that oh expectantly like <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very familiar it's like I just mean like when I, when I, okay, let's say it's a mistake with a, like a client. Right. 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 Like you messed up their oh, order or right. something, right? Something that affects somebody else. Right. I was super hard on myself. Yeah. Like,
1: like immediately I go to like, oh, you idiot. You know, like I have all these, like, I'm like, oh, you know, don't feel good about myself at all because I obviously don't want to inconvenience or let down anybody around me. But you know, it's happens. And I'll, also I think when people make mistakes with me, I, I think I'm a fairer person. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not hard on other people around me and mm-hmm. I understand that we're only human. So I think once I get there and I realize that probably the person will be okay with me if I just admit it, and you know, we can talk about it. I feel okay. Yeah. But initially, yeah. Terrible. Horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll send them everything for free. Like take my yes. car that I love <laughs> just anything. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And you then, know. so do you, Are you able
0: to, so you're beating up on yourself, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I messed up, blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm so stupid, I'm so careless, like how how could I do that? Are you able to then talk yourself out of that or do you find that you go to someone else to help you with that?
1: Mm, Yeah, probably say something to Dan. Yeah, probably say like, babe, huh and then he's like my biggest cheerleader. Yeah. The best, right? He's always like, oh, you're awesome. Like, don't you? you know, you didn't mean to, or yeah, don't worry, you know, like it's normal or he normalizes yeah. everything for me and I talk myself off the,
0: off the ledge, off the ledge. And, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it takes a little bit of time for sure. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's, it's so important to have those people in our lives, isn't it? Yeah. Because we forget. You know, yeah. and, and I feel like we talk to ourselves the worst, right? We do. Like I do. Every time I find myself, like now, it just took me a long time to get here, yeah. but now when I do something uh, where, you know, I like I hurt somebody's feelings, or actually, uh, yes, not yesterday, a couple of days ago, I hurt a friend's feelings uh, by an accident. And I felt really bad about it. And I was like, oh, I really didn't mean for, because you know I can be intense at times and um, brutally honest. Is I think how, we both can. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. yeah. yeah. Just not everyone can handle brutal right. honesty. Right. And so, you know, she was nice enough to say to me, like, that's a lot. Like, can you t- take it down a thousand? Yeah. you know and and so I I felt really bad because she's a sensitive soul you know and um and I was kind of beating up on myself like you know better you know she's a sensitive soul why would you be so like harsh in your in in your honesty and then I was like no 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 wait like let's judge my intention was my intention good yes Mm -hmm. you know and then sort of what would I say to a friend if this, this same thing happened? so i'm getting better at that i'm, I'm starting to become my own cheerleader right. which is
1: i think you know ideally where we want to get to i think 100% and i think there's a couple of things there right like acknowledging to that person that you realize that you know what i probably overstepped i realize you know that that you know admitting to them that you're sorry or that you didn't, yeah. your intentions weren't to hurt their feelings i think that like conversation alone and yes. you start that conversation, you're going to get, you know, ease, ease up on yourself. After yeah. That, right. Yeah. Like and she was so gracious, of course. Right. When it, and because you addressed it. Yeah. Like how gracious would one be if you didn't address right. it? I don't oh, know. True. Like that's it you could have long-term damage, right. But you address it and and then she would be gracious and you could sort of take it easy on yourself. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: But I think the key for me was that I was able to be gracious with myself right. before I even spoke to her. Yeah. Like I did, I did apologize. And, and she was like, no, you know, it was just like, I was having a day and it was, you know, like, I appreciate what you said, but it was just, mm-hmm. I couldn't take it all at, you know, whatever. And that's fine. But I, I was actually sort of proud of myself that yeah. I was able to talk myself down yeah, before right. I yeah. even spoke with her. Yeah. So, cause that is something new for me. So,
1: yeah. yeah, that's great.
0: Okay. So the last thing I think I want to ask you is if, I know. Okay, so we did. We talked for a second about a scale, and you didn't actually give me a number, and we didn't because we didn't sit on it that long. But um if I'm, I'm saying that I feel you're a confident person. You're right. saying the people around you feel you're a confident person. You feel you are to a certain extent, right? right? I'm not going to force you to give me a number. Right.
1: I'll give you but- a number. <laughs> you 10 no it's not, a 10. I promise you, it's not a 10 okay is 10 the most confident 10 is the most confident Cool. give me a give me an example of who you would think would be a 10 just out of um... oh uh like oprah oh oprah okay i feel she's pretty confident she is confident <laughs> i agree um uh, i'm not a big fan so okay i know i mean it's okay but well, okay. I didn't so know. If I don't was a ten. Okay, was a ten. I don't know. I don't know why she think, came to my mind, she because she's confident. Well, I guess that's why confident. she came to my mind. She is. Um, I would say I would probably be hovering at a solid seven and a half. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, there's room to grow. Yeah, but I've grown a lot. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'd yeah. say, you know, and honestly, not that I'm like, you know, on here wanting to talk about my mom, but I, th- but I think it's value. Because as a parent now, raising a child and wanting them to, you know, try things and be confident, I'm often having to question what I say to him and how I say it and how I'm pulling him back from opportunities because I'm scared he's going to hurt himself or whatever. Like those things all build confidence, right? Or or destroy it, right? Yeah. Um, but I really think that my mom helped me, you know, yeah. by just giving me a loose lead. I don't know. Just like, don't worry about it. Jody, you'll figure it out. Like, yeah. I mean, it really was... Amazing. I had friends whose parents were grabbing onto them at the airport when we were yeah. leaving to do things. And my mom wasn't even at the airport, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, she didn't even know I had a ticket. Yeah. You know, like it just, um, yeah, just go and try and do. And I think when you a- approach life like that, you know, into your adulthood, you just, it, it just feels very normal to approach adulthood like that, I guess. And, mm-hmm. You know, I want that for Bronson, for my son.
0: I love that. Uh, I was going to ask you, the last question I was going to ask you was, how do you develop more self-worth or confidence? And I think you just answered it right there. Go and try and do, Mm -hmm.
1: you know. Yeah, I I feel like anytime Bronson says, I'd like to try this or this is something that's interesting me. I'm like, okay, well, let's do it. And he's kind of like, hold on. I just saw it once on a TV commercial. And I'm like, no, 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 we got to try it because it might be something you love. And if it's not, that's okay. We can move on yeah but if you have any inkling that you might enjoy or want to do something new or different like i'm all for it yeah you know and i feel like as adults we need to treat ourselves the same way mm-hmm. you know we're still learning we still have life we still have growth you know so we should do the things we want to do and try we want to try and buy the things we want to buy if we can do it mm-hmm. you know i'm not saying go into debt but just you know what just do it yeah you know yeah it's a lot of time for not doing <sighs> yeah
0: you know for sure I love it thank you so much for coming on it was such a joy to talk to you you know I love you you so much I love you too and um maybe I'll have you back another time who knows we'll
1: see how many listeners you
0: get from this (laughs) oh my gosh that was so much fun I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did I think the key takeaway here is to go and try all the things, do whatever you can, you'll figure it out, whatever it is, and surround yourself with people and things that make you feel good and have gratitude for all the goodness in your life. That's all I got for today. Until next time, in the words of Jody Lee, go try and do. Bye for now. do the intro later but then I actually have to like I'll do the intro later but I have to actually introduce you. We'll
1: do the intro at the end when you're more comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Okay now after that I'd just like to introduce my guests.
0: (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to the Lessons on Happiness podcast. If you'd like to know more about the information I'm sharing or how I've become a happier person, check out the show notes, reach out to me on social, or email me at valvalmalnar.com. At My goal is to help as many people as possible live happier lives. So if you've enjoyed this episode, please take a screenshot and share it on social and tag at valmalnar so that we can reach far and wide. I'd also love your feedback, so please leave a review so that I can be sure to create more content that is helpful and resonates with you. Thanks again for tuning in, and until next time, wishing you happy vibes and big strides.